0: What's going on guys? Welcome to episode 13 of the Simone Baseball Performance Podcast. Today, by popular demand, we're going to be talking about in-season training. But before we do, quick reminder, if you missed last week's episode with Mike Dolce talking nutrition, make sure you go check that out. Mike provided some fantastic information, some fantastic nutrition information to help you guys improve your game. It was one of my favorite episodes to record. Mike was great, so make sure you guys go check that out if you haven't already. Now, today's podcast, like I said, we're going to be talking about in-season training. I'm going to give you guys some exercises to stay away from in-season, some exercises to perform in-season. I'm going to give you guys a sample workout I'm going to talk about some guidelines. I'm going to talk about what days you should be training and how to get your training in um, around your games. So we're going to make this the ultimate in-season podcast, in-season training podcast episode. I'm going to leave no stone unturned today. So the first thing I want to start with is some in-season training guidelines. I talked about these on my Twitter actually posted on my Twitter and on my Instagram about this had some confusion so I want to go in depth on this topic here so first guideline that I want to talk about is no sprinting outside of playing your sport what we know about sprinting is that it's the most taxing on your nervous system it requires the most motor units in the entire body when done at maximal intensity so we want to stay away from that as much as possible in season in terms of like outside of playing your sport. So when you're at practice, obviously when you're at games, we wanna be sprinting at maximal intensity, we wanna be taking ground balls, fly balls, uh, doing all your defensive work at maximal intensity, running bases at game speed, all these kind of things. But outside of that, we do not wanna be performing any, any extra sprint work. Obviously, get your sprints in before games, that's great. Whatever your routine is there. I actually posted a good routine a couple days ago on my Instagram and Twitter that you guys can use. If you need a link to that, let me know. Just email me and I'll I'll send you that over. But we don't want to do any extra sprinting outside of being on the field because that's just gonna take away from our on-field outputs, which is most important. Second guideline is no medicine ball throws in season. This goes right along with sprinting. You know, we're hitting, we're throwing, we're rotating every day, whether it be a practice or in a game. If we're doing any extra med ball throws or all these ridiculous volumes of med ball throws, it's just going to take away from our on-field outputs, which we don't want to do. One thing I will say though is there is guys, there are some guys that like to do like a set or two at the end of their warm-up to you know prime their nervous system, literally like six or eight total throws that's totally fine, like you're not gonna take away from any output by doing six med ball throws, uh, rotational throws against the wall with like a four to six pound ball. I don't have any problem with that. Third guideline is, and this is extremely important and I literally just tweeted about this, maintain mobility and movement quality in season. This is huge, you know, over the course of the year, we're standing in between innings, sitting in between innings, sitting when we're traveling via bus, car, plane, whatever it may be. And when we do that, we're going to become restricted. Um, We're gonna lose some mobility and movement quality. And why that's a problem is usually you're gonna, a, a tight and restricted athlete is a injured athlete. So we wanna maintain mobility and movement quality over the course of the season. I think this is like probably the most important, honestly, in my opinion. And to do this, Obviously, we need to be performing a full-body, a complete full-body warm-up, and I actually posted one that was very popular on my Twitter and Instagram. Again, if you need a full-body warm-up, it's a quick 8 to 10-minute warm-up that's really, really effective. I'll send that to you. Just email me, um, and I'll shoot you shoot you that over. So that's number one. And number two, and we'll talk about this more once I give you guys a sample workout, is you need to be performing some kind of mobility or movement work in your in your uh, training and uh, like I said we'll talk about that more once I give you guys a sample workout but that's guideline number three the last in season training guideline that I want to talk about is sets and reps I'm not a fan of using insignificant weight for a lot of reps like 8 to 12 reps I just think it it really it makes you really really sore for your game and it just doesn't preserve your strength at all so that's obviously something we don't want to do. I'm a big fan of the high sets, low reps. Um, to give you guys an example, like four to four to six sets of three to five reps, I think that's a lot better. That's gonna actually preserve your strength and not make you sore for your game. A There was actually a really good article. I, if, you, if you belong to my newsletter, I, I posted this. I posted it two weeks back to back because I really liked it a lot. Um, each week, uh, little side note, I have a newsletter and I um, cover some articles that I'm reading throughout the week that I really like. And this was one I posted back to back because I loved it. I thought it was great and I want to make sure that nobody missed it. Um, but there was a strength coach that um, wrote an article on Simply Faster, uh, a website where he talked about in-season training and um, he was, he's been a strength coach for I think it was like eight to 12 years maybe in the big leagues and you know he was talking about what worked and what didn't work and he was talking about in-season training in terms of sets and reps and what really worked for him was the high sets low reps it preserved this guy's strength it not it it didn't make them sore for their games and it was a fantastic article and he really went into depth really good read i really encourage you guys to check it out if you wanna if you want to um Read it and you can't find it. Just email me again, and I will um, shoot you that over because that was really good um, But again guys the high sets low reps. I'm a big fan of it. Like I said Four to six sets is great three to five reps working with 72 I've I've worked up to 80 a little bit higher for more advanced athletes that know their body But I would say generally if you're working from 70 to 80 percent, that'll be great in season Okay, so we talked about some in-season training guidelines Now let's talk about some exercises that you guys can use this season in your training to preserve strength and limit muscular soreness. First, I want to start with my top five lower body exercises, then we'll move on to upper body. The first exercise that I want to talk about that you can use this season is a trap bar deadlift. I use these off season too. I talk about them all the time, but they're great in season because there's Really zero eccentric stress associated with the exercise when you perform it, how I want you to perform it, I'm going to tell you. Um, So when you drive the bar up off the floor like you normally would at the deadlift, I actually want you guys to drop the bar at the top and what this does is limit the eccentric stress. There's actually a zero eccentric, uh, eccentric portion of the exercise when you drop the bar at the top. By limiting, we want to limit in-season, we want to limit eccentric stress as much as possible because the eccentric portion of the exercise or the lowering portion of the exercise is associated with the most muscular soreness. So we want to limit that as much as possible. That's the first exercise, trap bar deadlift. One thing I will say though about trap bar deadlift too, I want to make a note. For pitchers, I wouldn't do this every single week, I would switch it in and out. Um, You're getting a lot of cuff activation with the trap bar deadlift, obviously, because you're squeezing it really hard. So we want to, you know, don't don't pick it every week. I like it. Um, Cycle it in and out of your in-season training. Next exercise I want to talk about is the barbell hip thrust. Again, you're just driving the bar up off the floor, and then you're going to drop it Once you get to the top, you're not going to slowly lower it to the ground. We want to minimize the eccentric portion of every exercise. Third exercise is the pin squat. Uh, Either you can use the front squat grip or you can go with the bar on your back. Uh, I would use a safety bar if you have access to that. You'll set the bar up on the pins and then you'll get under it and then you'll get under it in the squat position and then you'll drive it straight up off the rack. Again, purely concentric exercise. We want to limit eccentric stress as much as possible. All right, let's move on to the fourth exercise here, which is going to be step-ups. Step-ups are great because there's very little deceleration associated with this exercise. Not going to make you sore, and it's going to preserve single leg strength. That's a great one to use. And last but not least, our fifth exercise, or exercises I should say, Our sled drags and sled pushes, I talk about these all the time. They're great for um, preserving single leg strength because you can load them up like crazy. You can get really heavy on them. I'll go really heavy with my athletes um, once they start to get in season here with with the sled drags and sled pushes. And they actually are going to improve your acceleration mechanics as well. And again, there is very little, actually there's none. It's purely concentric based exercise so it's not gonna make you sore. At all so those are my five lower body exercises that I like to use in season Um, use them in your training you'll see you know when I start posting videos of my athletes training this season up in Syracuse here um, we'll be using a lot of those for sure so now that we covered some lower body exercises let's talk about some upper body exercises actually before we do I want to talk about arm care first because I think there's a lot of confusion uh, regarding how to keep your shoulder and arm healthy in season So when we're looking at shoulder health, it's important to maintain good scapular upward rotation in overhead throwing athletes. So pretty much scapular upward rotation is just how your shoulder blade rotates up once you get to a position of ball release or you're laid back or you're at your arm slot. If your shoulder blade isn't upwardly rotating properly to accommodate those positions, then you're gonna have a whole host of problems. You're gonna have labral tears, cuff tears, et cetera. So we wanna maintain good upward rotation in season. And you might be asking now probably which exercises or how can I maintain good upper rotation over the course of the season? I posted about it all the time. Like definitely you want to pre- be performing some wall slides of upper rotation and liftoff. That's a great scapular control drill that you can do anywhere. Uh, I posted it again on my page. If you need the video for that, again, email me, I'll send that to you. Um, another important thing to note to note is that your upper trap, low trap and serratus are key players. They're actually a force couple that upwardly rotates your shoulder blade. So we want to get all three of those involved. Um, so any kind of prone trap race in season, you can use that, you know, after sets of your main compound exercises. That's how I like to perform it or program it for my athletes. So I would do some kind of trap raise. I would do some kind of serratus drill. I showed a actually last week I put Again, posted another video on my Instagram about uh, a serratus drill you can use pretty much anywhere. Again, all you need is a foam roller for that. Those are some uh, some big ones in season. Obviously, you want to do some kind of rotator cuff activation, I think. Um, a standing external rotation, a wall is great. I posted a video of that as well on my Instagram account. So make make sure you guys go check that out. Um, you can do a half kneeling cable external rotation as well. There's a ton of different exercises you guys can use. Um, and again, I posted all of these on my page so you guys can go check those out. So now that we talked a little bit about arm care, let's cover some upper body exercises that I would use in season. I, I stick to a lot of the upper body pressings going to be landmines and push ups Because again, um, when when we're doing our push-ups we're able to get good protraction we're able to get our shoulder blade moving which is important in season like i just said so you know any kind of landmine same thing get our shoulder blade moving standing half kneeling tall kneeling um, split stands all are great push-ups any i think every really push-up variation is great in season Um, just make sure you're protracting at the top and not locking your shoulder blade down same with rows all row variations are great in season again Make sure you're getting good retraction and protraction with that as well. Um, trying to think what else. Um, some I want to talk about, actually, let's talk about some upper body exercises that would stay away from in season. I don't like carry, uh, like farmer carries in season because, again, our, your elbows are going, going through a, a ton of stress during the course of the season. So that's really not something I, I don't want to add to that. Especially for the hitters too. I mean, you're hitting every day, and if you're gonna do a bunch of farmer heavy farmer carries, you're just gonna, you're just gonna take away from uh, your your on-field outputs again. So we want to stay. I stay away from farmer carries in season. I don't perform them at all. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I, I still do. I definitely do like some bottoms up overhead carries or waiters walks. I like those a lot because we're getting a lot of serratus activation with those. So I like those a lot, Um, but yeah, I would just stay away from uh, farmer carries, heavy carries as much as possible, or any intensive grip work I would stay away from in season, just because, like I said, it's just going to take away from your your on-field output, which we don't want to do. All right, now that we covered some upper and lower body exercises, I want to give you guys a little sample workout that you can use this season. So how I programmed this, I programmed it. With uh three supersets. So you're gonna do like an A1, A2, A3, three exercises superseted together, done one after another without any break. So, like like I just said, A1, A2, A3 will all be done supersetted together. B1 and B2 will be superseted together, and then C1, C2, and C3 will be all superseted together. So let's get into the workout. A1 is gonna be a trap bar deadlift. You're gonna do four sets of five reps dropping the bar at the top of each rep, and you're gonna do that at a 70% effort. So 70% of your one rep max, generally. You can go up to 75 if you want, 80. Our A2, our second exercise, is gonna be a positional breathing drill. We're gonna do a one-legged plank. So you're gonna be in the plank position, and you're just gonna lift one leg off the ground, take five breaths, lift the other leg off the ground, take five breaths, five deep diaphragmatic breaths a three your third exercise in the first circuit and your a's is going to be a prone one-arm prone trap raise on the incline bench this like we talked about before the the low trap works with the upper trap and serratus to upwardly rotate your shoulder once you get overhead so you know getting some good uh low trap activation is important in season so that's why we have that in there our b1 and b2 uh, b1 is going to be a chest supported dumbbell row you're going to do three sets of six of that And then our B2 is going to be a standing one arm landmine press, and you're gonna do three sets of eight reps on that. Now finishing up with your C1, C2, and C3. Your C1 is going to be a dumbbell step up. You're gonna do two sets of eight reps on that. Your C2 is going to be a mobility-based exercise. We're gonna pick a Spider-Man lunge with hip lift and overhead reach. It's one of my favorite catch-all mobility drills. And this ties back into the beginning when we talked about how important maintaining mobility and movement quality is in season. This is a great way, this is how I like to um, get mobility in the workout with my athletes in season to maintain mobility and movement quality. Just program it right at the end. And then our last exercise, our C3 is a half kneeling cable external rotation at 90 degrees in the scapular plane. I have a full video on that on my Instagram page if you can't find it email me, but that's the workout. Um, great work. shouldn't take you longer than 45 minutes to complete that. All right. So we talked about some specific in season training guidelines. I gave you guys some of my favorite exercises to implement in season to preserve strength and minimize muscular soreness. And then I gave you guys a sample workout that you can use this season. Now you're probably asking how do I get my workouts in around my games? So we're going to talk about that now. I want to cover how starting pitchers can get their training in on a five and seven day rotation, and I'm going to cover relief pitchers and position players as well. First, I want to start with starting pitchers um, because I think they can get a lot of good training in if you're on a five or seven day rotation. I'm going to cover both today. So let's start with day one following your start. I believe that you should get in a full body lift the day following your start. If you're on a five or seven day rotation and that full body lift is going to emphasize the lower body um, what we know about the lower body is that you know it's the most taxing in terms of um, your nervous system it's, it's the most if you're gonna perform you know squats deadlifts all that kind of stuff it's it's it tends to be more taxing which is gonna lead to more um, CNS stress more muscle soreness so we want to perform that as far away from the next start as possible so day one following a start full body lift lower body emphasis you're going to do some light upper body and some core work as well and again why i like to do that the day after is because i like to consolidate the stress from the last start and from the intensive lower body lift into a 24-hour block what this does is maximize your recovery window um, so you feel great going leading up to your next start that's the whole goal with the training is to make sure you feel great and powerful and strong, um, the next time you step on the mound, or at least that's what I want, you know, my athletes to feel like. So that's what I'm going to do day one following a start. If you're on a five or seven day rotation, day two, five and seven day rotation, you're going to do a mobility, um, based circuit slash workout movement. Uh, you can call it a movement day as well. Um, so what you're going to do is just pretty much pick, uh, I would say at least three to six, uh, movement based circuits. All, all circuit, every circuit can, um, be comprised of like three exercises and you're just going to do those in circuit type fashion. You're not going to take any break. All those exercises are going to be mobility based exercises. Usually I like to program them specifically to the athlete that I'm working with. Um, everything I do is individualized. So I know like what the athlete's going to, um, benefit most from. So I'm going to pick movement-based or mobility-based exercises on that day too, and again, that's just going to improve movement quality. From you know, we talked about that in-season training guideline number three, um, where I said you know, movement quality and mobility is mo- is probably the most important thing in season. So we're going to improve movement quality. We're going to improve mobility. We're going to um, restore range of motion from the last start and um, intensive lower body lift. And we're also going to recover from that last start and lower body lift. So, um, that's huge day two, mobility circuits and movement circuits. Day three, five and seven day rotation is going to be a full body lift, but this day is going to emphasize the upper body. And again, we're going to pick, I'm going to pick exercises that I talked about before when we talked about upper body exercises. So I'm going to pick, you know, push ups, landmine presses, um, maybe some dumbbell presses here and there. I'm not gonna do it every time. Again, it's important to get that scapula to move. It's important to get some kind of scapular movement. So I'm gonna favor push-ups and landmine presses on this day. And I'm also gonna perform some light lower body as well. If you're on a five-day rotation, I'm gonna be extremely cautious with the lower body. So if if anything, it's, it's all gonna be, for the most part, I'm gonna use sled work, so sled pushes. And I like upright sled walks a lot because again, these are purely concentric, no e- no eccentric stress at all whatsoever. So they're not going to make you sore. So that's day three. Day four, if you're on a five-day rotation, is going to be either off, you're going to take it completely off, or you're going to do another movement slash mobility circuit day. That's all based on the individual, what what they want to do. That's all personal preference. If you're on a seven-day rotation, that's another day we're going to where we're going to focus on movement-based or mobility circuits. Um, Again, those exercises are all going to be geared toward the athlete's body and their needs. Also, to go along with that, I like to actually program arm care exercises and um, core-based exercises, low-intensity core stability exercises on that day as well. Um, Just want to make a note about that. Day five, if you're on a five-day rotation, obviously you're going to be your start. But if you're on a seven-day rotation... I'm going to have you do some light upper body work. It's going to be all body weight for the most part, push-ups, and then some light core stability drills. So nothing crazy there. And then day six, if you're on a seven-day rotation, will be an off day or, mobili- or mobility circuit, just, again, based on personal preference. Day seven, if you're on a seven-day rotation, you're going to pitch. And that's that's how I would structure it if you're a starting pitcher. That's how I would get your um, get your training in. And obviously, you can see... Um, from what I just said, you can get a great amount of training in if you're a starting pitcher on a five or seven day rotation. Now let's talk about the position players and relief pitchers. So you guys are, your schedules are pretty unpredictable, uh, I would say, especially relief pitchers. So I think the biggest thing to remember is quality over quantity. I'd rather you get two Quality days in per week than three shitty days. So, two to three quality days in per week is great. Um, and then you just want to maximize your recovery window. So, you know, I think performing your training sessions as close to the conclusion of the last game is the best case scenario. So, to give you guys a little example of how you can, again, everybody's schedule is different. To give you guys a little example, um, you know, you typically, um, if you're a college player, you're going to play Wednesday, like a midweek game, and then we'll say Saturday, Sunday. So how, your question might be, how can I get two quality days in per week around that schedule? Let's talk about it. So Wednesday, if you played, I, th- I mean, obviously 90% of people can't do this, but I think the best thing to do is get that training session in Wednesday night after the game or Wednesday after your game whatever it may be, um, just because that's a whole nother night of sleep. That's a whole nother day to recover leading up to your next event, which would be Saturday. So if you could get that Wednesday night to sleep and recover Thursday night, sleep, recover Friday, sleep, recover, and then play Saturday, you're going to feel great Saturday. You're not going to feel sore at all from your training session or your game. So yeah, I think that would be great if you could get it Wednesday night. If not, Thursday, got to get the training session in if you had a game Wednesday and your next game Saturday. I think that's the best case scenario um, if you can't get it in Wednesday night. And then we'll say you play Saturday and Sunday. You're obviously not going to train Saturday and Sunday. Your next training session is going to be, uh, again, if you could get it in Sunday night, that would be great. If not, get it in Monday. So then you have Monday night to recover and then you have all day Tuesday to recover as well. Um Again, and this is assuming you guys are getting at least seven to ten hours of sleep a night. Mike Dolce talked about that in the last podcast, how important sleep is. Sleep is just so important for, you know, tissue repair. It's gonna you're gonna release a ton of growth hormone testosterone at night. So it's super important that you guys are sleeping seven to ten hours a night. Mikey, I think Mike made a reference on the last podcast where he said if you sleep 6 hours a night, it's not even, it's like you never even slept. Uh so I mean there is something to say about that sleep is super important and it's crucial for your recovery. So make sure you guys are sleeping. But that's how I would get the training in around a um or two training days in per week if you had a midweek game Wednesday and two two games on Saturday and Sunday. And then like I said, relief pitchers just it, They would go off the same schedule there. Just get it in when you can get it in. um, Maximize your recovery window. So just get your training session in as close to the conclusion of your last event or start or um, appearance as possible. So I think that's it. I mean, I think I covered everything. I gave you guys exercises, workouts. I talked about some in-season training guidelines uh, showed you when you can get your workouts in. If I missed something, which I don't think I did, but if I did miss something, please email me. My email is simones, S I M O N E S baseball training at com. Email me, let me know. Um, If I missed anything, I'd love to help you guys. If there's any specific questions you have, email me, please. I would love to help you guys best way I can. And that's all I got for today. Thanks for listening. I really, really appreciate you guys listening to my podcast. And I really appreciate the feedback. If you guys can do me one favor, can you please go to the iTunes store and leave a review for my podcast. I, I would love for more people or more baseball players or anybody that can benefit from this podcast to listen. So um, the more reviews you leave, the higher it's going to rank in the iTunes store, and I would really appreciate if you could just t- take you know, a minute or so out of your day to leave me a review. It would mean the world to me. Thank you, guys, and um, I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the show.